0: today we're talking about non-fungible tokens aka nfts i'm your host winton yates joined by my fellow entertainment law colleagues mac haas and peter speroni this week we're talking about something that's been all over the news it's been making waves everywhere we're seeing big numbers is this going to be the start of the revolution in the entertainment and arts industry we kind of think so so let's talk about it uh real quick what do you guys like your first thoughts what do you think
1: go ahead peter first thoughts our nfts are definitely the future they are not going away the entire nft world and market is in a bubble and about to burst and uh there's a lot of variations on what make the nft world valuable and that will eventually settle but ultimately will be a uh a new way to make money that will not go away, where this is the new world. This is a new sort of crypto token world. And it's being embraced by the major, major record labels, uh, major art owners, copyright owners, etc. So it's only a matter of time until we see the industry completely carve out and define itself. So NFTs are here to stay for sure.
2: Yeah. And I think what's really cool about them is it really brings back this notion of, physical ownership that we used to know kind of before this internet era to the, the digital space in a really more meaningful way. You know, after we saw um, the first 20 years of internet use really decimate music and visual art sales in the sense that physical retail was propping up those industries quite a bit, NFTs, I think, are showing us that there's a way to bring some of that back uh, in what we're calling Web 3.0.
0: So let's talk about the current news that really sparked the idea for this conversation. All right, so you guys are probably wondering why three entertainment attorneys care what a bunch of tech nerds are doing in a room full of computers. It's actually really important. Like this, we think this is going to be game changing. And we're already seeing it with things like Beeple uh, selling digital art for $69 million. We're uh, seeing... Things like top shots selling these little digital format highlights of nba highlights that people can buy and trade we saw the first tweet ever tweeted go up on auction for more than 2.5 million dollars with all these big numbers going around and people seeing all of these big numbers when it comes to highlights and digital art and the first tweets ever tweeted across the board whether you're A visual artist, a screenwriter, a musician, wherever you land within the entertainment industry, Max, do you think these are the numbers that people should be really excited about across the board as, like, the standard going forward?
2: To be blunt, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know... It's, it's like Peter said, it's a, bu- it's a bubble right now. Um, and then the other thing to recognize is that what we've seen so far are very specialty items that maybe the actual dollar numbers are bigger than they would have been in sort of the more traditional visual art, fine art space or something like that. But something like the Beeple work, I mean, we've seen fine art go up for auction before. We know that those those types of things are relatively rare within the art world that being said plenty of visual artists who are not you know picasso and whatever else do sell their works often for thousands of dollars at a, at a time so i think that you know um if if artists are looking to kind of make that transition into the digital space or even augment what they're doing in the real world with digital uh commerce um then nfts represent a possibility to you know, still sell those originals. I know painters who sell originals for seven, eight thousand dollars. And you're talking big canvases with oil or acrylic paint, things like that. The digital analog of that NFTs would allow you to sell a work for a couple grand, something like that. I don't think we're going to see every single artist suddenly pulling in millions of dollars unless unless, you know, who knows, you carve out a, a new fan base. Right. There's there's unique marketplaces for this type of work. Um, And so it is possible that people could find sort of a whole new niche of followers and and supporters in this NFT space where maybe we do see bigger numbers. But I think that it's important not to get distracted by the headlines and take a look at what the technology actually is and how it can be used in a smart way. Um, And you know, on the music side of things, we're seeing that record labels are making all kinds of sort of long term plans in terms of how they expect to use NFTs. And again I mean, when then, you... we're not talking multi-million dollar transactions.
0: Yeah, Max, when you mentioned that, you mentioned fan base. And I think fan base is a really important idea when thinking about how NFTs are really going to affect people, because for me, what stuck out as like how important this is going to be. It really struck a nerve on my like nerdy collector side whether it was like Pokemon cards or comic books or action figures like some a lot of those things that I still hold on to to today that were really important to me in my adolescence it was like okay that makes sense and I think that's going to really allow a lot of artists to create their own market space within their fan base and not really look for you know outside influences if you will
1: yeah I think um, you know it, it's the idea here especially for indie bands or, or you know indie art collectors dealers um, artists it's cutting out the middleman so it's allowing them to actually have this asset have this you know value generating item which is your token that's that you have an equity in and you have an increased value if it increases it could also decrease um but i i think what you know that that's going to be a market that that emerges allowing you know those independent artists to really give a customized experience to their fan base um you know one-of-a-kind signature copies of artwork like uh, kings of leon did um with their nft release i think the value of an nft right now can really be broken down into a couple different categories mainly you look at sort of the utility on how it works um how how, how can it be used i mean if you purchased an nft which is associated with a particular type of game right now can you use that nft Uh, game in another kind of game moving forward as the industry emerges Um, right now you're sort of confined to the nfts that are associated with that particular game but we're seeing entire markets sort of emerge i think that utility and that function is going to really be dependent on the smart contracts that you actually contract out with these auction platforms and these nft manufacturing companies that are really going to lay out what you can do and what utility you do have with you know, your particular NFT in, in addition to, you know, there's a company called Super Rare that's putting out a 3% copyright royalty on anyone who buys the token. So you're going to actually generate value in the actual intellectual property of that NFT as a part of buying the NFT, other other um, NFT sellers are selling packages, experiences, lifelong front row tickets to their shows, backstage passes to their shows. So it's customizing that experience, and I think from a from the idea of utility, that's a that's a great concept, and that's something unique here. Then on the other hand, you have the valuation sort of of uh, scarcity, of rarity, of moments in time, moments in history. I think right now we have a a valuable moment in history with the first tweet ever from Jack Dorsey. Right. That's always going to have value because it's the first tweet ever from the guy who founded Twitter. So you've got that moment in history, but you also have the novelty of it. It's a tweet. Who cares? But it's captured this moment in history that will always retain its value. If you look at the memorabilia market in general, the novelty market, you have Beanie Babies that were really hot back in the day and now they're worthless. So you've got the novelty there, but then you also have that sort of utility aspect of these NFTs where I
0: think the value will remain over time. What you want to argue. With them. I want to argue the worthlessness yes. of novelty. Please. These are worth more than I could ever express.
1: Well, could you try to express? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think it just hits on like what we were talking about earlier. It just kind of hits on like that nerve of like an experience you had at a moment in time in, Absolutely. in your life. In nostalgia. But yeah. this brings up a really good question of what you were saying, Peter. Is this the end of the idea of the starving artist?
1: Well, That's that's the interesting question. I mean, it's the same question posed through direct licensing with Spotify was streaming the end of the starving artist. Some thought it was at the time. But then when we realized, oh, wait, you didn't need a record label to get your stuff distributed. You didn't really have to go to, you know, give away the farm before you got somebody to release your music. Um, But sort of when the industry settled you were throwing your song in a pool of billions of others, who cares? So I think back to that that idea of will it help a starving artist? All the other rules of marketing and generating interest and revenue around your NFT are the same. You still have to create that interest. You still have to be business minded as a musician. You still have to be in control of all the ways in which you can exercise your utility within your NFT. So if you've got it attached to a copyright and you want to talk about a customized experience for your fan base, then that should be folded into the experience of your NFT. And those that do that, those that think about those types of things and negotiate those smart contracts, those are the ones that are actually going to have a chance, in my opinion, of stepping outside of being a starving artist and actually capitalizing off a whole new emerging technology.
0: So I think this is a great point to like, take a step back and let's take a look at the big <laughs> Okay, Max, I think this is a good place where we should just talk about what an NFT even is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So an NFT, uh, first of all, stands for non-fungible token. So for those who aren't familiar with the term fungible, what that basically means is that um, an item could be replaced by an identical item and it wouldn't really make a difference. So. One of the most common forms of a fungible item in our society is our traditional currency, dollars and cents. If I give you a single dollar bill and you hand me back a different dollar bill, it doesn't matter. They're each worth the same amount of money. So that's that fungibility. Things like agricultural crops like wheat or corn, those are typically viewed as fungible, right? You can take one thing off the stock and it doesn't really make a difference which one you pick. but the non-fungible nature of these tokens ties into what Peter is referring to as the scarcity idea, which is that each time you create a non-fungible token, it's kind of like the digital equivalent of creating a unique physical item. So think of, I don't know, just a random example of like a sculptor who or or a potter who's making little mugs or something like that. Each time you make a mug, yeah, they might all be very similar to each other, but in the real world, physically speaking, they are each unique items. And so the NFT concept uses blockchain technology to create a scenario in which you can have this unique, scarce item that can have really almost anything included in it. So to, to clarify, the NFT is the token, it's the digital symbol essentially that tells you that who owns this thing and when it was created. And it lives on the blockchain, which is this distributed, publicly accessible ledger of transactions. And, and essentially you can use the NFT basically like packaging for any type of digital asset you can imagine. So, uh, for those who may have tuned into Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago, there was a really hilarious sketch where they uh, mocked, you know, NFTs in general, and and pointed out that no one seems to really understand what they are. But there's a segment in that video where they flash through all these random memes and things, and it makes you think if you didn't know much about this already that NFTs are these memes. They are these particular graphics that people are selling on these various different marketplaces for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But that's not all an NFT is. In fact, that's just one type of digital asset that people are selling using NFT technology as the sort of quote unquote packaging for it. Um, And so we could get into all the details of blockchain and all of that. But for the sake of time, I think it's best to just uh, know that each NFT is a a digital token that is going to be recorded on this public ledger so it's highly transparent highly secure and peter had mentioned smart contracts one of the really interesting things about nfts is that they can actually have this contract terms and language essentially built in so that when a transaction happens with an nft someone purchases an nft from someone else the contract is automatically executed and all of the terms are carried out. And that presents a really cool opportunity because you can build in things like an ongoing royalty for the original creator. Um, You can build in all kinds of restrictions and other things on how the underlying digital asset can be used Um, and it doesn't require any trust. You don't have to vet another person before making that transaction because the smart contract is going to operate anyway. And that's really big change from the physical marketplaces where we're seeing NFTs start to be implemented. You know, Going back to the, the Beeple example, um, I was reading this article that was talking about how a typical fine art transaction involves six or seven different steps and at least three or four different intermediaries. Um, just the basics of getting a contract signed and returned, getting both parties to execute it, getting the checks sent, the money deposited, make sure it clears the account. All these different things have to happen. And then all of that has to be done before the dealer or the gallery is willing to actually release the artwork to the buyer. But with NFTs, because everything's on the blockchain, everything can be done almost instantaneously. Payments sent, the terms of the contractor agreed to, the art is delivered just like that. And that's, uh, you know, not only cutting out the middleman, but also increasing these transaction speeds and cutting down on transaction costs is is also a really significant impact of these as well.
0: So with as exciting as NFTs sound and what we're seeing in the news right now, for us as attorneys, it definitely brings up some immediate questions as far as like how this is going to affect contract law, how this is going to affect IP. Um, So, Peter, can you lay out kind of a general framework of copyright and how? what are some of the questions we might be looking at when it comes to NFTs and how it correlates with IP?
1: Yeah, so the two worlds, copyright and NFT world, we'll call it, are clearly crashing now. You know, we've been reading articles and reports of people just, you know, jacking someone else's artwork and making an NFT. And as as Max was saying, in terms of the vetting process, it's just really not necessarily there yet. There's really no sort of verification process, or at least they're not adhering to a verification process and granting an NFT for a non-copyright owner. So you have half the industry sort of saying this isn't going to implicate copyrights, but I think the big the big people in the industry, especially music, you're seeing a shift now. So I know that the um, the the idea here is this is something different. This isn't intellectual property. This isn't copyrights, but when you think about copyrights is 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 the revenue streams that you could create from your creative original work i mean this is what you are making okay so you can call it an nft you can call it anything but you are you're you're providing a token that that it will display something to somebody and that display of whatever it is a song a video a film whatever it may be a trading card displays a copyright that public display so that's sort of where the crash is going to happen and i think that um you know you see DC Comics just came out and the senior vice president of legal affairs just put out an official statement saying hey listen all of you memorabilia collectors we love you but don't you dare try to buy an nft with any of our characters in it we will come after you for that we are launching an entire nft division here however we're getting in first this is our intellectual property and you know the rule with with intellectual property as we know copyrights you police them you police your own okay so this is this is dc comics in partner with Warner Brothers saying we're getting in this game we're letting you know we're getting in the game with our stuff you don't have the authority right now to contract with our stuff and so they're putting their foot down the major record labels universal everyone else is sort of launching their nft sort of divisions as well and you know it's sort of split on how they're handling it in that you know they're figuring out the terms of the contract because you do have to sort of write it a little bit broad right now because the smart contracts really aren't defined we don't know what the industry is going to be yet so the first question you think, okay, well, this is on a bubble. All of these things are going for, you know, what? Kings of Leon, two million, three million dollars, whatever it was, millions and millions and millions of dollars for songs and stuff like that. That's that's going to fade out eventually. So, is it wise for the record label, like Universal Music Publishing, or, or I'm sorry, Universal Records, to to put out? every single one of their catalogs into an NFT right now? And the answer to that is probably no. I mean, the chances are you're going to catch a bubble. You're also going to flood a market. No one's really going to care once that market's flooded. The novelty sort of wears off of it all, the beginning phase of it. So then I think the record labels you're going to see when handling this intellectual property that they own and control, are sort of preventative clauses in contracts with record labels to say anything regarding non-fungible tokens we are negotiating for you we will be you know we'll get back to you on how that's going to go this isn't your call so i think if you're going to go with a major record label or you already are with one that's going to be folded into what would be identified as a revenue stream that the master holder you know the actual rights holders which would be the record label would enjoy um and i think you'll see a slow release of nfts from the major labels with a strategy because like i said you're just throwing it in the pool of stuff but what is the actual marketing strategy and that goes back to the smart contracts and we won't know what the best ones are until the industry sort of
0: emerges and settles a bit yeah and i and i think this goes into a good space of like how artists can actually use nfts how are they even going to monetize this in the first place? To make it an NFT themselves? Yeah, like uh, how is how is an artist even going to use an NFT to their advantage?
2: I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities for independent artists. I mean, Peter brings up some really good points about how major labels are likely to handle this new sort of this whole new opportunity for revenue with you know these massive rosters that they have. But to, to your earlier question, Winton, about this potentially being the end of the starving artist, I think for independent artists out there, NFTs represent a really cool opportunity to um, add something new to the mix of how they can connect with their fans and whether that be through the actual social connection that comes from it, um, because there's, you know, infinite things you can do with the NFTs, right? You could create a personalized thank you video for one particular fan and you could transfer it to them or something like that. I mean, that's just one wacky example. But, um, you know, merchandise, special edition posters, T-shirts, special editions of their recordings, limited runs of a new album or of a new single or EP, all of that stuff can be packaged in NFTs and auctioned off or sold in these limited sale runs that um, some of the NFT platforms allow for, um, in a way that, you know, as we've said before, cuts out the middleman entirely, right? So the artists are engaging directly with their fans in an even better way than what's currently available. You know, being able to use DistroKid to get your music on Spotify is great, but you still have both Spotify and DistroKid standing in between you and your fans. Um, even Bandcamp great platform and their Bandcamp Fridays is an awesome thing. But again, there's still Bandcamp in between you and your fans. Um, Not too many people are going to build their own streaming platform on their own website as as a one off artist, Right. So producing NFTs is sort of bringing back a very viable market for, you know, selling your music directly to your fans. Um, And so to that point, Um, You have to actually create the NFT. uh, And we've pulled up a couple articles that are actually illustrate how it's fairly easy to do. Um, There are three major marketplaces, uh, OpenSea, uh, Nifty Gateway, I think, and the third one that's the name's escaping me, um, that are hosting quite a quite a bit of NFT sale and auction activity from independent artists. Um, Grimes has sold things. Uh, Blau has sold things. Uh, Calvin Harris has done something, you know, all kinds of primarily electronic artists so far because they're sort of already in that digital space. Um, but the more this goes on, there are more marketplaces opening up. Um, now, you know, the, the limitations are that it does cost some money to create an NFT. You have to pay the uh, the NFT miners some the gas fee to actually create the token. It's a very complex uh, programming or, or, or coding. I'm not even I'm not a tech person, so I don't even know. It's a very complex process <laughs> to create the NFT itself. That uses quite a bit of energy, and so you have to pay for that. Um, but then once you have that created, you just attach a digital asset to that NFT, and then you adjust your parameters on what you want the smart contract to say and when you're ready you list it for sale on this platform um and you could you know try to engage with the people who the buyers who are already on that platform uh or try to bring your existing fans into this nft space with you and say hey look there's this new opportunity for you to get something you know that you that you've never been able to get from me before and to our point, the points you made earlier about memorabilia and the sort of intense passion that that goes into that—that's true in music too, right? I mean, you have you always have your diehard fans who are going to be the first ones to buy tickets when your tour goes on sale, the, the first ones to buy your album, uh, you know, the people who buy multiple different T-shirts and other types of merch. You know, every every band that's building a fan base has at least those two layers, right? and so your super fans are a prime opportunity to bring them into that NFT space with you and engage them with all that special content that uh, you know people are already creating right they're already setting up Patreon pages and doing all these other things finding ways to to make revenue streams happen without the involvement of a label but still beholden to the streaming rates right and and so this is a way to bypass all of that and I think that's what makes this so exciting.
0: Peter, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> where do where do managers and labels even fit in? Cuz I can see a lot of I believe the Kings of Leon, their their label helped them do this, but I can see where a lot of artists can say Well, I can just do this on my own. I can go out here and create these NFTs on my own. It is my music. It is my art. It is my work. I can just go do the... I can go do this on my own. Where do the labels play a role? Because labels do in some way help these artists gain popularity or increase their audience. And they may not be in the position they are if not for the labels. So I think that's just a... Uh, you know, I think with the the
1: idea of an NFT, we want to somehow step into this whole new world, although it is. And it, it, but it fits in our current world in a way. Um, if the artist is currently signed with a record label, then if we step back, we're only looking at a new revenue stream that's being created from the intellectual property. It's a little. It 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 works a little bit differently. But if they're already with a record label, then you know the record label has duties and obligations under their record label deal to exploit you know the copyright, create revenue streams. You know there's there's you know requirements that they must do. So the added benefit if you are with a record label which if you're with a record label and you're releasing your NFTs without your record label I'm just calling that you're that's you're you're going to hit a lawsuit you will catch a lawsuit for that so these will happen all over I'm just calling that because the labels I think it's fair and I don't think it's a big stretch for the labels to say yeah this is sort of ours you're under contract for us that's your album this clearly falls into one of our clauses here there could be a million and even a merchandising clause that this could fall into so the Indie artist, you know that doesn't have the record label. If they're going to go into the business mindset around the NFT and put in a marketing campaign beyond uh, beyond the or behind the NFT, then that could increase that future value um, and that valuation moving forward. If if you think about ownership in 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 one of these songs, if you're purchasing a token from your favorite band, you know, you almost are buying equity in this stock of that particular song so you have your future valuation of the nft it was really could be broken down by how rare it is a scarcity but the valuation can also be that driven by speculation where's the band going what what kind of current events are dictating why are we talking about the band did a band member die imagine if the band the band is killed in a plane crash i mean imagine you get you have that nft from the last song ever recorded and you're attached so there there's the there's this idea here that if you have ownership in owning that token, and that is associated to the actual brand itself, that the record label, the TV networks, and everyone else is pushing, you're attached to something bigger. And I think that's true with the same concept as an autographed picture of I don't know, you know, Uh, Eric Clapton from back in the day. I don't know. It goes up in value over time. Sure. Um, But this one is a little bit different. You're holding on to the actual like sort of digital imprint of what this is. So you rise up with the success of the band and the the value of that NFT can increase for a million different reasons. Like I just said, a death of a band member, Uh, something that it's just that's going to make that more rare as you go over time. So I think that the indie artists, if they're putting in the proper campaign behind the NFT, they've got a chance. They can cut out the middleman, no problem. If they don't, it's like putting your stuff up on Spotify streaming. The record labels will play the same role they have before by creating as much interest around the NFT as possible. And they'll get super creative in their smart contracts by divvying up royalties. I think PR wise, it'd be really wise for record labels to give a cut percentage back end royalty back to music communities, back to uh, you know, underprivileged communities, use these tokens to actually generate ongoing revenue for other missions. So you can have that sort of attachment to it in the smart contracts. I think that's a huge opportunity to use these in a more robust way as a campaign. Um, to get people interested and to purchase them.
0: Yeah, uh, I think with all of the, the great things that we've talked about when it comes to NFTs, it would only be appropriate first for us to look at some of the downsides. Um, counterfeit copies being one of them. And when we say counterfeit copies, we don't mean like we're, we're making counterfeit money we're talking about people at the moment and we're seeing a lot of it just going out there and grabbing random things nfting it making money even though what they grabbed didn't necessarily belong to them not even necessarily it just it didn't belong to them they didn't own the ip in it and people are grabbing these things nfting them and putting them out there and with these with the way that nfts are set up the 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 not being able to track it in some sense is making it a little bit easier for people to do that yeah what's important there
2: kind of goes back to that issue of sort of the crashing between the nft world and the copyright world is that nfts are not in and of themselves intellectual property Um, but the asset that is sort of packaged within that nft is so whether it be visual art or a little video clip or uh, a piece of music that already has a copyright from the moment that, that gets created and it already, you know, exists as a digital file in various different places. Right. You could go on to a band's Bandcamp page and pay ninety nine cents for a download and you have an MP3 copy of that song. You could then theoretically go onto to one of these NFT platforms and make an NFT using that MP3 as the asset and sell it. And because you created the NFT, it'll still be verified on the blockchain. But as of right now, there doesn't appear to be a very good system for sort of filtering out whether the NFT creator is also the owner of the underlying copyright. And so as of right now, it's fairly easy for people to sort of create these NFTs and sell them and make all the money. And then the artist is saying, well, that's still copyright infringement because you didn't have the permission to exploit my work like that. Um, So that's definitely going to be an issue that I think the entire, honestly, the entire blockchain community really needs to think about, especially those who are working within the NFT space. Um, Because another thing to mention, and we won't get too into the weeds on the tech side, is that the underlying asset is not actually stored on the blockchain only the nft itself is so the whole record of transactions of who created it who paid for it what are the terms of that smart contract that's all recorded on the blockchain on that ledger but the asset itself the image the piece of music whatever it might be does not get carried along with that and so that kind of represents actually a somewhat different risk and i don't know all the details of it but there's definitely still some kinks to work out i think and uh the copyright issue definitely is a is a big one
1: well and i think too to that end if if you're you know not if 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 what you're getting on the actual blockchain is you know sort more of the ledger type transactional information you're not getting the actual digital representation—you're not getting the physical, the song, whatever—but you, you're provided that in, you know, regular world. Uh, you're provided that as a, as a sort of like a digital signature. You bought this. Here's your welcome package. Here you go. I think the smart contracts, and I think that the um, the labels, you know, in other, you know, art uh, copyright holders should look out for this. Is that. Well, what can you do with it once you have it? You purchase it, but it should be limited to what you can do. So what is your utility? Now, if you're giving a one of a kind signature NFT downloadable file for a purchase of, you know, I don't know, beep the Beeple painting. You know, what can you do with your certified digital copy that may be a little bit different, signed by the artist, signed by whatever? Let's just assume it's a little bit different. If those smart contracts are governing your utility, then, and you breach that, what happens and what does that policing look like? I mean, if, if, if I'm given a one of a kind packet that no one else has, because that's in my smart contract. We're only selling one token of this experience and I buy it for a million dollars. But in my smart contract, it says you can't show anyone. You can't publicly display this. There's copyrights here. This isn't yours to do. And I do, then I'm in breach here. And then you know, you've got a copyright infringement lawsuit. What does that enforcement even look like? Are these DMCA takedown notices? Are we back in copyright world? Because trying to track it down in the blockchain world is gonna be impossible. So who are you suing? How do you enforce? How do you police this? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's what's going to continuously be developed. Your limits on what you can do with it. And I think to maintain the the key points of valuation, maintaining its scarcity is going to be everything. Mm -hmm. The minute you start leaking it out is the minute that it's going to devalue because it's less scarce. So I think maybe that's going to be a popular provision in those smart contracts is limiting your use of it what can you do with it you know you can't go put it in a theater and charge movie ticket prices for you know what i mean like what can you do yeah um
0: and i think that brings up a great question of like what does this mean for the first sale doctrine mm -hmm. what can you do with it because with the first sale doctrine like you're really limited to just disposing of the copy of what you bought and not the actual copyright. As long as you're, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it, as long as you're not infringing on the copyright of the actual copyright owner.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a little bit of a tricky question. It's almost you know potentially a bit of a paradox in this NFT space is that one of the great things about the smart contracts that people have been talking about, especially in the music space, but definitely in the visual art, fine art space as well, is that you can build in this ongoing royalty. So as the artist, you might sell your work to an initial buyer, but then that buyer's like, hey, look, I'm an art collector, I have good taste, I'm gonna turn around and sell this to someone else who I can convince them to to buy it for me for 10 times what I paid for it. The smart contract already has a clause built in that actually guarantees that the artist who originated not only the artwork, but the original NFT gets paid some 10, 15 percent royalty. And maybe this is a bit of a more academic approach to this, but I think it does have practical implications, which is that I think at some point someone's going to say, hey, look, doesn't the first sale doctrine say that you're not allowed to really control any other downstream transactions? Um, and so while the ongoing royalty is a really exciting idea, I do wonder if someone will challenge it at some point in court. And it might go up to the Supreme Court and they say, you know, we're, we're not willing to let the first sale doctrine go here. But on the other hand, this is a very different technology from the printing press. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> we don't know that the Supreme Court will necessarily look at it the same way. They might say, look, this is a new technology. Maybe this should be an exception to the first sale doctrine. We don't we don't really know. But in the meantime, I think you're going to see a lot of artists trying to make. Uh, take advantage of the ongoing royalty things that you can do with those smart contracts. Um, it just remains to be seen who who might push back on that a bit.
0: And just to like throw it out there, the idea of this I, I know it's it's going to end up in litigation. It's gonna end up in the hands of courts everywhere. Just the thought of it being in the hands of a court just brings back that like itchy feeling of the robin thick debacle yeah it just i just it just it gives me a gross feeling to think about like how courts are even gonna try to navigate this world because like we don't even really understand what nfts are gonna do so like to put it in the hands of a court to say like hey figure out this new tech figure out what we're supposed to do with it And figure out how it's going to affect contract law, how it's going to affect intellectual property, how it's going to affect like all these other areas of law. Like, yeah, you guys go figure that
2: out. Not to mention on the financial side, there's been a lot of noise about regulating not only cryptocurrency, but possibly NFTs as well, like a security. And that would bring in the SEC and all these other things to think about, too. And that's all still very undefined right now as well. So um it's uh it's fuzzy on the legal side but the business side seems and, to make a lot of sense.
0: And then ju- and then bringing in those entities to oversee NFTs does that then like break the idea of why NFTs were like birthed in the first place to like have this independent space to create these market spaces in this You know, even though it's not Bitcoin, the idea of Bitcoin is not not having this centralized currency space is bringing bringing that oversight in going to then break it. And then everybody go, eh, it's not worth my time.
1: We don't think government (laughs) ruins everything. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It will ruin it. Yes, they're going to regulate the hell out of it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. What that looks like is going to be an interesting concept. But I mean, you know, you were saying in the court system for NFTs, I mean, if you look at just recent changes, overhauls of music in general, the Music Modernization Act, I mean, that's something that didn't have one nay vote in congress and they push through because why because they don't understand it already they don't even understand royalties already in copyright law right let alone apply to the digital age and now we're throwing nfts in the mix and expecting to explain how nft blockchain technologies work in the context of a copyright analysis to a federal judge it's going to be a really interesting like time in 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 jurisprudence i mean it's it's going to be an interesting there are going to be some shock decisions that carve out how we look at this as a country. It's, it's going yeah. to be interesting. And they're yeah, coming I, soon.
0: Yeah, I imagine there, there are going to be some times We're going to get on here and just like rant about whatever just ha- just occurred yep. in some court system somewhere. And it's going to be of no value to anyone. It's just going to be a safe space for us to get on here and just complain yep. about whatever decision was just made. So yep. fair fair
2: warning for all our viewers and listeners, this will not be the last episode on NFTs.
0: No right, They're right. Not stay. even, not even by far, not even by far. Uh, you mentioned something earlier, Max, about um, another kind of downside to NFTs is the energy-intensive process. Yeah, this is not, in this is not you just getting on your home computer and just kind of clicking a few buttons and boom, you got an NFT and you can sell it for a bunch of money.
2: Right. So this goes to um, kind of one of the environmental concerns with blockchain in general is that the way that cryptocurrency and nfts are so secure is they use a 256 digit number as this key that essentially uh, is a highly unique highly specialized code that helps ensure the uniqueness and the security of a particular Token, whether it be fungible or non fungible on the blockchain. And in order to come up with that number, the computers that are part of any given blockchain, and there are multiple different blockchains out there, um, you know, Bitcoin was the first and most well known. Ethereum is probably the second biggest one out there and the one where most NFTs live, by the way. Um, and that actually is another potential downside that we should talk about. Um, but before we get to that, uh, the process of coming up with that code requires an immense amount of computing power, which, you know, for anyone who knows how computers work, the biggest thing with computing power is the cooling of the processor. And you have to be running fans and coolant and other things. I mean, just look at Winton's computer back there. Um, and that all uses quite a bit of energy. And so there were some early headlines talking about how whoa you know this if you take all of these computers that make up the blockchain the the bitcoin blockchain or all of these computers that make up the ethereum blockchain collectively they're using massive amounts of energy and that may be true but a lot of those are sort of taken out of context as well and so they're com- they're comparing to just random little things like i pulled up this article where it, it says the Ethereum blockchain uses as much energy as Ecuador. I'm like, okay, but I don't know anything about the energy usage in Ecuador or how that compares to other tech intensive industries either, you know? And so I think there's a little more kind of big picture we have to look at there um, because every industry uses a lot of energy. I mean, I don't even know how much energy goes into creating iPhones, but how many hundreds of millions of iPhones are there in this country alone? Um, And that's something that doesn't typically make headlines in the same way that, you know, blockchain's energy usage does. But that all being said, not every blockchain is exactly the same in that sense. In fact, uh, the NBA Top Shot system is built not on Ethereum, but on a different blockchain called Flow, which is known to be quite a bit more uh, or quite a bit less energy intensive than Ethereum is. There's also a lot of talk about a uh, sort of Ethereum 2.0 that's going to be much more energy uh, efficient. And the other thing to remember is that if electricity is all that's required, then theoretically it's actually pretty easy for these you know server farms to uh, still use a lot of energy without necessarily having a negative impact by making use of wind and solar and things like that. So I think that it's gotten enough attention that people are starting to pay attention to it. But record labels have pointed out that artists who tend to be you know, more conscious of these kinds of things are hesitant to get into the NFT space because they don't want to be playing a role in sort of contributing to these ongoing problems with climate change and other things that we have. So labels are seeing that as a potential barrier for sort of widespread adoption by the sort of creative community. Um, and not that I'm trying to uh, you know, persuade people one way or the other, but I think that changes are coming pretty soon on the energy demand side of things. And uh, everyone involved seems to be pretty aware that it's a problem that should be solved if this is going to really have a permanent role in our economy moving forward.
0: It's really the same argument that e-vehicles faced when they first came out. When Tesla really started popping off in the beginning, everybody was excited about green, going green and electric vehicles and all this stuff. And then somebody stepped out and said, well, how much energy are we using to actually create and build these vehicles? And e-vehicles have kind of gotten past that argument. I don't really see it as much as I used to a few years ago. Well, it and takes now, for the news
2: you know, cycle to keep churning.
0: Right, right. So I think it's just a matter of, like, just getting past this moment of... Yeah. And then somebody just making the argument of, okay, what is the amount of energy that it takes to print a million copies of a physical CD versus creating a million NFT copies? Right. I, I don't know. Don't know, you know the what answer I mean?
2: to that. But also, you know there are what tens if not hundreds of thousands of artists that are doing runs that big and so right you know how how much energy is consumed by the top 25 artists each running off a million copies of their cd right uh all at once or collectively or whatnot there's
1: uh, also um in the mining minting process in general of of crypt- in the crypto world, you know, there's there, there's new cryptos that that aren't even launched yet that are in beta form that are finding the energy. There's a company called Pi that I that I'm in their beta mode and and um, they're mining and using energy. So where so where that energy comes from is actually a, a question of how creative the actual company, the NFT maker, can be. In in, in for example, in in, in Pi, they call on your phone to to use your phone's processing power to use the energy from that in order to mine their pie. So when you click your button, they are actually using the data processing power from your phone itself to satisfy the energy required to what they need to do on the back end in order to mine their crypto. And I think that if you look at it collectively from that perspective, you know, it's likely that where that energy will come from will also be new and defined as we go along i think you can find it in different places a lot of different users here and there you know i mean it's sort of limitless on what you can do but i thought that 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 was an interesting one because ethereum is extremely high i read that same article about ecuador <laughs> and i don't know the energy at ecuador but what all i heard was it's the energy of a country right <laughs> uh, but you know and yeah they're coming out with 2.0 and And that's going to be a problem. And it's not sustainable. High energy, higher demand, it's just not going to be sustainable. So I think that the companies will also look to different platforms and different ways, thinking outside the box, to actually find that energy. Um, And we'll see how creative they get with that.
0: And that's really interesting, because I can only imagine that's going to change a lot of other industries outside of NFTs and just how they find energy. Uh, Because just like randomly pulling up, I don't know J Lo's album sales she sold more than like 26 million albums that may not be actual 26 million physical copies I imagine it's not far off from that like even if we take 6 million of those copies off 20 million physical copies of albums that's got to be a lot of energy versus someone mining using the amount of energy you're using you know Playing Angry Birds on your phone—I don't even know if people still play Angry Birds—but like playing Angry Birds on your phone using that energy to mine digital albums, we
1: really and don't they know. give you they give you pie in exchange for that. So right. I right now have 117 Pi. They're not even launched, but it's only because I'm letting them use the processing power of my phone. So I get pie in exchange. So you That's know, I think we're gonna see see new ways to find that energy tie into the technological world with the advancements and updates now and you followers. saying
0: that you you're getting pie in exchange for them using your phone finger thumb energy brings up another question another downside max of like there's kind of a barrier to being able to do this because you have to own some ether to even be able to create an nft
2: Right. Yeah. So because most of the NFT marketplaces right now are on the Ethereum blockchain um, for people who are looking to create NFTs, it appears that you need to use Ether, which is the cryptocurrency for the Ethereum blockchain, uh, in order to pay your gas fee to create the NFT in the first place. So uh, I know that Ether's... Price uh, is rising on the exchange and it gets a little harder uh, as the price rises to afford sufficient ether to make that happen. Um, So, you know, there's that sort of dual hurdle of you do need to make a bit of an investment as an independent artist to make this happen. Maybe that's an advantage, uh, you know, to having a label involved, right, is that label is usually pretty good at making these upfront investments that then turn into... Uh, longer term opportunities for the artists. Um, But for the independent artists, you know, be prepared to, you know, have maybe a couple hundred dollars saved up in order to get started with this so that you can create an NFT and uh, get it out there properly. Um, Get on the Ethereum blockchain. You'll need to, you know, open up a, a cryptocurrency wallet if you don't have one yet. That's a pretty easy thing to do. But you know there are a couple steps and uh, and unfortunately as of right now owning some ether is a uh, is a requirement
0: all right guys i think we've gone on long enough in this first episode about nfts so i think this is a good time for us to wrap it up all right so real quick i want each of us to like give a brief summary of this en- this episode and nfts and what you think about nfts going forward Let's start with you peter just give me a quick like 30 seconds of like your download of nfts
1: nfts have just flipped the entire music industry and art world on its head in this moment in time it's the wild wild west uh the industry is figuring itself out this is going to give rise to new revenue streams never thought of before this is going to be this is going to fit into a a valuation Sort of equity analysis in terms of owning something that of your favorite artist or your favorite musician or whatever you're going to be along with the journey with them in that valuation. I think that's unique to an NFT. I think we're going to see the court system completely hit this head on and we're going to eventually see this sort of worked itself out and get our new rules moving forward. And I think at this point. The goal here for anyone looking to get into the market is really, really focus on those smart contracts and understand what it is you're selling, what it is you're buying, and what you can do with it once you sell it, once you buy it. What, what, what kind of contract governs what you can do with it? I think those are the most important things right now until the market settles down after the big bubble burst, which is, I'd say, weeks away.
0: Maybe, Max, maybe a little longer. Max, NFTs. What what is what is your what is what are your thoughts?
1: I think uh, regardless
2: of what happens with the bubble, it's a technology that's going to allow independent artists um, from both you know the visual art world and music world to rebuild uh, sort of their role as the as the source of valuable things. Uh, you know, the past 15, 20 years, we've really seen the balance of, of commercial power, so to speak, in the hands of the consumers, right? Everything's free, everything's super cheap. iTunes pioneered the 99 cent download, you know, and so the value and the ability to control that value really fell out of the artist's hands. And um, I think the NFTs present an opportunity, especially for those independent artists who are entrepreneurial, who are ready to try something new, um, who are tired of getting paid, you know, fractions of a penny per stream, not to say you should abandon the streaming services completely, but you know we've only scratched the surface in this episode. There are so many articles out there that dive into all kinds of things. There are, there's this great article I've got pulled up here that talks about you know there are multiple uh, music-specific NFT platforms starting to emerge now. I came across a place that does an online art gallery of like digital artworks the whole thing is basically a crypto or nft based you know art gallery essentially um there's just so many different things to explore here it's more than just you know telling your fans to download your music on Bandcamp Friday you know it's more than just signing up with DistroKid this is like huge opportunity for an artist to uh to really kind of position themselves in a new way relative to their followers. And I think that's really exciting and you're right. The legal stuff is, is going to get hammered out slowly and painfully. Um, But I think in the meantime, there's enough here for artists to, uh, you know, use this to, to build up, you know, some new revenue streams, maybe even start building some wealth that has been very difficult for artists to build for a very long time
0: I am very excited about nfts I think nfts is the future in the arts and entertainment industry like to put it as broadly as possible nfts is putting a lot of creativity back in the the hands of artists and how they engage with their their core fan bases it's going to allow them to really engage with them on a different level Than we've ever seen before outside of just selling them merch or doing vlogs and kind of giving them a a BTS of, you know, what they're doing on tour in their in or in their in their van or whatever onto the next show. this is going to really be a way for entertainers of all kinds to take the engagement with their fans to it in an, an, an unforeseen level i i'm very excited to see how creative people in the entertainment industry really get with all of the things that you can pack into these contracts and all of the things that you can really give to people because right now we're only seeing the visual art aspect or even with um uh, The Kings of Leon, we're kind of getting a taste of what else you can do with them, giving away like lifetime front row seats at all of their shows. But I'm really excited to see what some artists come up with when they put these NFT packages together. So I'm excited to see what people are doing, whether it's the big artists all the way down to the, the local artists. That is only known within their, their region of a city or state like I'm really excited to see how this really affects people's careers going forward and what effect it does have on like the idea of the starving artist if if it does give people that lane to no longer be a, a starving artist yeah But all right, guys, uh, I think this was a great episode talking about NFTs. We really appreciate you watching Law in the Limelight. Let us know what you think about NFTs in the arts and entertainment industry. To join the conversation, join our Discord, Law in the Limelight. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, really all of the social medias. Also, if you'd rather listen to us, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to be up on all the major podcasts platforms uh, and if you want to know more about our actual law practices when we're not recording podcasts and we're actually doing attorney stuff, check out the parlatorlawgroup.com where you can find all of our contact information for now, I'm Winton. I'm Max and I'm Peter we'll see you next time see you next time, bye one of
3: our rules is telling you about the other rules first thing you should know is nothing we say here is legal advice and you shouldn't take it as legal advice we'll be giving our personal thoughts and opinions on various entertainment industry issues and we hope that is informative and maybe even educational for you but if you have a specific legal issue then i recommend contact attorney directly and set up a consultation where they can give you legal advice and the second thing you should know, even though we all work for the same firm, it doesn't mean that we all speak on behalf of our whole firm, the views and opinions expressed are solely our own, the final words of warning, Hands on what state you're in while you're watching or listening. Be aware that long the limelight may be considered attorney advertising. And that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed listening. So without further ado, please enjoy. Please enjoy. Long in the limelight, long in the limelight Please enjoy, please enjoy Long in the limelight